Welcome to Gleaming the Tube, the podcast where Kevin and Mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point. Finally, a podcast where people talk about movies. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. And welcome everyone back to Gleaming the Tube after our summer hiatus. Season two, as it were. And we've got a doozy this week, Michael. Oh, man. 1978's Skateboard, directed by George Gage and written by Gage with future Law & Order impresario Dick Wolf. I was very surprised and delighted to see the name Dick Wolf pop up on the credits. I was like, hello, Dick Wolf. And the American skateboard system, there are writers and video people. (laughs) and (laughs) This is their story. It stars Alan Garfield, Leif Garrett, and the great Tony Alva and tells the story of a down-on-his-luck Hollywood agent who starts a skateboarding team to get out of his massive gambling debts. I, it was it was not clear to me that he was a Hollywood agent at all. <laughs> that was not, I thought he was just sort of like a low-level bookie that was having some trouble. <laughs> well, I, did, I felt like that character... It was like this film went out of its way only to signify this guy is down on his luck. Yes. <laughs> and boy, did he dig into that to that. Point. It felt like that was sort of the only direction they gave him. You're just just down on your luck. You're a schlub. <laughs> your car is parked on a steep hill and it can't get up it. That's a metaphor, yes, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that works visually, right? Like, yeah. It's a well, visual medium, Mike. We have to just park at the top of the hill a mere half a block away, but that's... that's No, we need him to go, come on. Come on, baby. The, the hill, that hill is comically steep. He complains about his alimony. He's waiting in line in the unemployment office. He's, uh, he's having some trouble. Then, Kevin, he encounters some skateboard kids. And the dollar signs flash in his eyes for some reason. <laughs> it was really fun to watch. Like, like many of the movies we've we've watched on this uh, on this podcast, it was it was not a good movie, but I had a really good time watching. Like, for you know, f- f- from the skateboarding perspective, it was right at that point. That is right at the nexus of the whole like Z Boys culture. Where where the 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 you know sort of the possibilities of that of that world were just sort of starting to become sort of like they, it started to become sort of relevant, and so there there were all these sort of like factions sort of trying to get their hands in the in the in the in sort of into the skateboarding pot, and it was sort of a wild west at that point. Like you could you if you could make it do like a three sixty spin on a skateboard, you had the potential to be a pro. And every kid who owned a board was like just starting to see that potential. So it was like that part of the story kind of rang true that some dude would just be like, all right, you're our skate team. Here's some weird yellow and green jerseys and let's go for it. You know, 
Yeah, and, it, and you know, reading up on this movie before I watched it, it had said, it kept saying there was a cameo by Tony Alva, but he's like a legit character yeah. in the movie. Yeah. yeah, he's got like lines and kind of is kind of one of the more fleshed out characters in the whole movie. In a film with no fleshed out characters. Yes. <laughs> he's one of the more fleshed out characters. Because he was able to move his eyebrows in an expressive way, he was he was one of the more fleshed out characters. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say he, he's acting well, but I think he gets by on sort of natural presence. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's, you know, obviously, like any of those movies, whatever, whatever the the subject matter is, the, you know, the, the most interesting parts are, you know, when they're actually skateboarding. And like I said, from from watching it from if you, you know, if you've seen the, the Lords of Dogtown movie, or the 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 accompanying documentary, the Z-Boys documentary, like that's right in the pocket of that era where, you know, they, they don't have vertical skateboarding yet but they're in pools and they're figuring out the possibilities on the streets. And it's like uh, up to that point, I think it was like, a, a you know, skateboarding was sort of considered like a novelty, like a toy, the way that like a pogo stick, all of a sudden sort of a culture grew up, grew around these street kids on boards. And that, and suddenly there, w- there was an audience for it because the stuff these dudes were doing was, you know, I mean, you know, in the later Dem- demonstrations that they do they do have like you know those big like vertical ramps and the fact that anybody could go up one and sort of turn around and come on back down was that was like a you know like before the ollie which is the trick where you can make your board jump by just sticking to your feet that was about as amazing as it could get and that was really really fun to see because that was it was filmed right at the the seat of that so it was like certainly not a retroactive thing that was in real time yeah and like the opening credits are there the kids are skating like a full pipe it's like a full pipe in the middle of nowhere and you know there's this kind of like written for the movie song called i think skate on skate on <laughs> that's uh, about a similar quality to the original songs from the transformers movie i'd say it's not great but it it certainly it, it certainly uh, represented the that era very accurately. Although I did, it was fun. I had such a good time watching the movie and just like thinking about the director behind the camera going, all right, everyone just be an asshole to everyone else at all times. <laughs> that seemed like it, no, the only motivation that anyone was given was the, the waitress comes up and asks if you want coffee, be annoyed and shitty to her for no reason. <laughs> I mean, when I was watching this movie, it seemed very obvious obvious to me, and I don't know 100% if this is true. Um, it seemed like this movie is like heavily in the shadow of the Bad News Bears. Like the Bad News Bears hit, and suddenly, you know, Dick Wolf and George Gates were like, we're going to make a movie like it, only with skateboarding instead of baseball. But they weren't, you know, quite as able to make the things that made the Bad News Bears a movie I really love work as well. Like the kids in the Bad News Bears are for the most part, I, I think they're, they're, they're kind of really distinctive and interesting. Like a bunch of the different kids, like Jackie R. Haley is like, you know, he's playing a type, but he's also like giving a good performance. And like Walter, Walter Matha like owns that movie. Oh my God. Well, he's a lovable curmudgeon. Yes, and whereas this guy is an unlovable curmudgeon, which you don't want to watch a whole movie. Yeah, of. you know, <laughs> you don't want to let everybody drinking their gray coffee and yelling at each other. <laughs> I was like, what? What was like? I I remember at one point when he's like really riding the 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 kid because he's being lazy or whatever. And I'm thinking like, why doesn't this kid just go home? <laughs> like, like, like what? Is the, what is the motivation to stick around with this fucking guy? <laughs> 
Yeah, the Bad News Bear sort of like built its world around like, okay, well, this guy needs a job. And this is like a team that the town put together of the worst kids in the town at baseball. And, you know, so it, it's got this underdog story and you understand why everyone's there. Right. Um, in this movie, you don't understand why anyone's there. Why did this guy think there must be an easier way to make money than putting together a ding dang professional skateboarding team and riding around with them in a bus like a partridge family right right and 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 then and also like you don't really under, like these kids are already skateboarding so what like they I, I mean i guess they do make mention that he is sort of taking care of them financially a little bit but it really yeah it, it's like slowly they start to sort of bond with each other but it's almost like they that that's sort of like it almost all happens off camera. You never, there's never that moment where they, like they, they, where their relationships are like cauterized. They just are dicks to each other for the entire movie. And then they, they win. <laughs> the Leif Garrett character disappears at one point in the movie in a way that makes you think the actor walked off the set. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just like, he's just not here today. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just film some other stuff. Because he kind of shows up at the end, but he doesn't show up at the end in any meaningful way. There's no point to him either leaving or coming back. Right, right. <laughs> well, even is is he the character who like freaks out and like gets drunk? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, the, like that that built in conflict is just oh, so he had a bad night <laughs> and then he comes back. Like, you got Tony Alva, man. What do you need Leith Garrett for? <laughs> and the Manny character who is uh, Alan Garfield, like the scene where he's sort of lecturing the seventeen year old girl about what she's doing at night with Leif Garrett. Like that scene was squicky on so many levels. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was rough. Oh. Like I I thought that scene was going to go in a worse direction than it did. So I was kind of thankful that it managed to be, you know, fairly tame. But I was also like, oh man, this is... Yeah, it was just a just a biscuit away from, from some unfortunate shit. <laughs> oh man. Um, and, you know, you don't get the sense that the kids want to hang out. Like, why would the kids want to hang out with this guy? Like, you know, if you're a little kid and you're hanging out with Walter Matthau and he's giving you beer and like, I can see that. And, uh, you know, like Meatballs, I think, came out right after this, which is, I think, has a similar energy energy to it. But again, like, it gives you the wish fulfillment of hanging out with Bill Murray. Right, right. Yeah, Alan Garfield is just being an asshole to you while you while you could have been, you know, they're already skateboarding. So they in their world, they just added a father figure who was an asshole to them all the time, like, and a bus. Like, <laughs> There's no stakes for the kids. It's not an underdog story for the kids. The only stakes in the movie are that Manny owes money to, I guess it's mobsters. Yeah, yeah. Um, in kind of a weird way that's not explained, then he, they want the kids to take a dive and he makes them not. And at the end, the mom, everyone seems happy. Yeah, I mean, like, he at the end, it all works out. He takes a gamble. He doesn't want the kid to take a dive, which you know is a is a you know there's a, there's a certain amount of integrity to that, I suppose. But uh, but yeah. But would the kid have taken a dive? Like he could have been like, "Well, f you." Yeah. Like, nope. No thanks. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a dive in front of Orson Bean up there. Yeah, I have no stakes in this whatsoever. Uh, I was glad to see that, you know, the, the roles of, of the other skateboarders in the competition were sort of filled out with the real dudes of the day. All the Z-Boy guys were in there. J-Boy and Bob Biniak and Dave Hackett and all those guys were, were the other guys in the contest. So that was, you know, that was pretty cool. I was also really excited to see, to see Gordon jump. <laughs> I was like, hey, 
that's Gordon Jump. He was like one of the judges or something like that. I think that was yeah. And uh, Orson Bean shows up as like the as himself. Yes, emceeing the event, and he's looking a lot like Chris Christopherson. And he is someone who, like, prior to watching this movie, my only reference for Orson Bean was I knew he voiced Bilbo in the Rankin Barris. Ah. Hobbit cartoon from the late seventies. That is an interesting uh, connection. The other interesting connection. I, the man was the man was tearing up popular culture. He was he was killing it. He was he, that was his moment. I also was very amused to see that Alan Garfield was not only in Stuart Saves His Family, Putney Swope, but he was also on the West Wing, which which can can extend our which members of the West Wing would have been skateboarders conversation from a from a few episodes ago. I guess uh, Alan Garfield had the minerals to have possibly been a skateboarder at some point. Wow, was he um was he in like a pre or post Aaron Sorkin? I, I I did no further. <laughs> uh, okay, fair uh, enough. I saw the West Wing. It was like nice, and then I moved on to other things. <laughs> I would want him to show on the up on the West Wing as this character. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now he, he's he still owes money to the mob, and he's he's dead. He's like a he's he's like some low level political consultant who's just like, come on, come on, give me some money. I need some money. <laughs> Very Toby, I need I need the president to talk about my skateboard team. <laughs> Very sweaty and insistent. You know what my least favorite thing about watching the West Wing in reruns is? What's that? Um, at the end of every show, it always ends on this like downer dramatic note. And then the closing credits are to the like the jauntiest flute music ever recorded. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is going to be World War Three. And millions of people will die. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's that's uh, that's that's difficult. Um, I do. I've only watched the West Wing in reruns. Uh, I, I did a second run through the West Wing, and uh, was a little, uh, slightly less charmed by it the second time. But you're right. The 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 ending music is often on the wrong <laughs> on the on the wrong note. <laughs> Hot dog. Um, I also, I, I, you know, it was interesting to me that Tony, Tony Alva's name in the movie was Tony Blue Tile, which is, if anybody is interested, that's a reference to the tiles at the very top of the of the transition of a pool that are usually little blue tiles. And if you can make your wheels ride along the tile, it makes a very uh, sort of pleasing ticky, ticky, ticky talk sound. And that was sort of like before skateboarding went uh, aerial like above the coping the sound of your wheels on the tile were was kind of the the before the even grinding the truck along the edge of the coping making your wheels hit the blue tile is sort of like the first sort of uh, uh marker of skateboarding if you were in the blue tile club that meant you were fearless and went all the way to the top of the transition and Tony Alva clearly. Well, I mean, Tony Alva's maintained like a presence in skateboarding. I think even through today. Oh yeah, like, like you see footage of him. He's like fifty-five and still he still skates pool every day. It's like it 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 is it is cool that at this point in skateboarding, the older the older the el- sorry the elder statesmen still definitely have a seat at the table, and the industry has found a way to make those guys like you know like um. 
like heritage pros, you know, like, like, like Tony Alva will always, people will always want to watch Tony Alva skate, which is really cool to see. There's a whole master's division where Christian Asoy and all those guys still compete. And, you know, they're well into their fifties and still doing like big airs and stuff like that. It's pretty incredible to see. It's also been, it's also been interesting to see, you know, I don't think we could ever do a single episode of this, of this podcast without both Stacy Peralta and, and Tony Hawk coming up. And it's been interesting on Instagram. Tony Hawk is very well aware that he's like losing, he's like losing ground on his abilities and doing this really good job of like documenting, like this is probably the last time I'll ever do this particular trick. Uh, You know, I got, he gets on the vert ramp and he does, it takes him like 25 tries to do, you know, some crazy technical trick that he used to be able to do six tricks in, on a run in a contest. And then he finally lands it and goes, okay, that'll be the last finger flip 540 I probably ever do, which is really interesting to like document the other end of your career where, you know, you have tons of video footage of you learning all those tricks as a kid, but for Tony Hawk to be, it, it is it, to me, it's sort of a generous thing to be like, okay, I'm 56 years old now and these tricks are I'm 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 losing the ability to get as not, as much air as I need to get. So here's the last time I do this, and that's that's pretty brilliant as far you know. And at the sea guy, like I said, the sea guys like Tony Alba still able to you know hit the blue tiles in a backyard pool is at I mean Tony Alba might even be nearing sixty now. So that's pretty cool to see. Well, if we want to see him in his prime, we can fire up 1978's skateboard. I, I, I think we should all do it. <laughs> yeah, especially that uh, like that first exhibition that Manny does with the kids. Looks like it's in a VFW hall. Yeah, yeah. It's like in a gymnasium or something like that. I kept expecting intent to injure to take the stage. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that 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 footage because it really was. That was how it was at that time. Like the possibility, like just seeing a kid on flat ground do, you know, a bunch of concentric 360 spins to the average observer was like, holy shit. It's like watching somebody do tricks with a hula hoop, you know, and, and we all know where skateboarding eventually went to with ramps and ledges and curbs and all those things. But at that, that time, I think it was, it really was interesting that you could, you know, the expectations were low enough that you could wow the crowd by just doing a handstand on a skateboard. It's almost like that was like the purest, (laughs) the purest era before everything became totally something else but it's also funny to see that like in that era it was like it was businessmen and grown-ups running the show and then right after that when when guys like tony alba and and stacy peralta like aged out and they became the, the 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 head of the companies it became much more in the hands of the kids and the kids were the ones who were like making the decisions about boards shapes and sizes and stuff you know what i mean so before that, it was just here, kid, here's a skateboard. What can you do with it? And then very soon after that, the industry changed hands. And that's when you got larger boards and, and you know, and better wheels and stuff, because it was the kids who were actually kind of like sort of making the calls. Should have been in the hands of people like Manny. True. Manny, Manny just, he just wanted to pay his, his uh, 10 grand back and, and move on. <laughs> Start a skateboard team. Start a skate team. And I, I was interested how this movie, like Thrashin, 
ended in like a downhill race on skateboards. That's the thing. I mean, that's, it's like in, in skateboarding, like, you know, if you, if you're watching eight mile, obviously the, the, you know, the, the, the crescendo will be a rap, a freestyle rap battle. And if you're watching breaking the, you know, the end of the, it, you know, it, it, I feel like narratively it works to have a competition where somebody is triumphant and even that, well, you know, and it's funny because at that point, I think a downhill race was still probably a lot more relevant than even a couple of years later in thrashing. By the time thrashing was happening, I don't, I don't think the downhill scene was, was by any means a king, (laughs) but uh, in 78, I think, yeah, I think that was, it was actually a lot more relevant. Yeah, because in Street Dreams, like that ended with a with a big contest, yes. but it was about like the complexity of the tricks, the one trick. So I don't know. Would you recommend this movie to anyone? Yeah, I th- the skateboarding. You know, the, the the story and the narrative and the acting is it was was all pretty below par. But as far as just like a a, a, a like a like a time capsule for skateboarding of the time. I think it's it was pretty fun to watch. Although it's fun, you know. As I say that, I realize that if you just watch the Z Boys documentary and their enormity of footage that they had of the real deal, I guess you could almost supplement your need to watch skateboard uh, with just watching that documentary and seeing all the real action kind of as it was unfolding. Yeah, I feel like this is like a curiosity in that it's probably the first like sort of Hollywood narrative film that tried to capitalize on this, but man, is it, is it not good? It is, it is lacking in it, You know, I always think about that. Like the, the, like the, the era of teen exploitation movies before anyone thought to like give a shit about teenagers <laughs> and how it's all clearly written by 40 year old men who are like, what are teenagers into? Well, they're into not being considerate of other people and being little assholes. Okay. Let's move on from there. And they're like, they're not humanized at all. They're just this, this caricature of what a 40 year old dude thinks of a teenager. as. <laughs> but then again, I mean, even the adult characters don't have much more, <laughs> much more going for them than that. So skateboard, Kevin. Starring Alan Garfield. <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting to regret saying we'll do skateboard movies. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Our website is gleamingthetube.net. We're on Facebook at gleamingthetube, and our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com. Production assistance by Liam Gray. Music by Kissing Contest. Skateboarding is not a crime.